Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, friendo, Steve here. Hey, Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, The Undertaker Last Ride Review. Episode two, redemption. Um, uh, redemption. Or that's the right. Redemption. Or the, the redemption. redemption. Was there a uh, definite article in front of redemption? I don't recall. The uh, gruesome shots of surgery, which Steve had to look away from. Oh, that, um, they weren't that bad. It's a pretty packed episode. Uh, this is, I think, probably the most uh, interesting stuff here was how much they talked about his relationship with Vince McMahon. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, that was a pretty solid focus of the thing. Uh, they tried to interview Vince about it, and uh, yeah, it seemed like he was coming overwhelmed with emotion. Just said, you know, tell him to cut the camera, and just said, I can't do that. Which was interesting because they had they they had. It would have been nice to get his perspective, but I think that, given that Vince is sort of a master of misdirection of forming his own narrative. I I kind of like it that we got, they, they put the puzzle together as opposed to just hearing it from Vince. Mm-hmm. You hear it from everybody else and you don't hear it from the one guy who would probably try to shape whatever story he wants to shape. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that that stuff was, I thought the most interesting, the first part of the episode um, really just dealt with him not being satisfied. The under, it, it, it is very interesting that you're, you're starting to... It'll be interesting when they get to the Boneyard match because... And they, they uh, Michelle talks about this in the preview for the next episode, but it becomes plainly obvious here that Mark Calloway is locked in a vicious cycle of... Yeah, yeah. Of, I did this match that I really liked, and now I can do more. And then, and then I laid a turd and I want I want redemption, which is what this yeah. episode is. So we're coming yeah. off the turd and he watches it eight months later and he's like, oh, this match is crap. I hate it. Um, and he's like, and, and, you know, his hip is just killing him. And then he goes in uh, to get the surgery and yeah. uh, and then it's a renaissance. He's able to not feel pain for the first time in 10 to 15 years. Yeah. in that at least in that hip. Um, uh, yeah, so it is the vicious cycle of, I feel good. I, sh- I can keep wrestling, I think. 
and uh, I'll keep going out there as long as I think I have something in the tank and, and I, I feel like I can leave the fans wanting more, but the, it occurs that I have a turd, an absolute stinker. Well, I can't go out that way mm-hmm. because that's to be the last indelible image in the fans' mind of my entire career, my legacy. My so legacy. I got to go out on top. So, yeah, yeah. it is. It, it's, 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 it's a catch-22. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's given himself no way, no real way out. Uh, seem, seemingly a couple times his body has been telling him, hey, Mark, maybe don't do this anymore. He gets the surgery done and he feels renewed. Just goes out and keeps on doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought this like episode... It, it, it... Go ahead. I was going to say that uh, following Mania 33, uh, he, he seemingly gave Vince every indication he was done, except he said, if someone gets hurt, if you need me, mm-hmm. I'll work out and I'll be ready just in case. Yeah. Giving Vincent out, giving himself an out. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's kind of the segue into talking about how loyal he's been to Vince. Um, uh, talking about their relationship, how close they are. He compares their relationship to that of uh, father, son, brother, mm-hmm. brother. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they seem very tight. I guess if there's anybody who has gotten far enough into the inner sanctum of, of Vince, uh, like Taker's probably as close to where, like Taker Triple H are probably one and two, or take, Triple H probably one, Taker two, or even vice versa, because Taker's been in WWE for longer than Triple H has. Um, yeah, that that was one of the more interesting things, you know. Batista said Undertaker, and I've I've never really heard of Undertaker as being referred to in this way. You know, you think of who's Vince's right hand man. Well, you think, I mean, these days you think possibly Triple H. Um, in the past has been like Briscoe or Patterson, um, mm-hmm. you know, guys like that, like his stooges. Um, but, you know, uh, the Brett mentions, you know, Undertaker's the only guy who can walk into Vince's office and give him a what for. And conversely, Undertaker said there's only one guy who can sit me down and say, hey, you need to get this figured out um, when he was going through his own issues uh, without Undertaker getting up and beating the crap out of him if anybody else said that. Um, Big Show uh, compares him to two old war buddies. It is very mm-hmm. interesting that we know about Undertaker from his Broken Skull sessions that um, episode that, you know, when when Ole Anderson said, hey, uh, nobody's ever going to pay money to see you. Mm-hmm. And he goes to Vince and Vince Vince gets on the phone excitedly and says, am I talking to the Undertaker? I think at that moment, dude, at that moment, he was like, man, this guy already sees money in me and we mm-hmm. haven't even met. Really? I think they might have mm-hmm. met once. Um, yeah, they did. I think I think uh, he I think he, he went to his there. house and then he was like, yeah. well, we don't have anything for you right now, but we'll give you yeah. a call. And then he was like, oh, is this the undertaker? Um, yeah. And it seems like from that moment on, like it was like they became very, very close. Um so that is very, very that was that was actually very interesting, and it makes all the sense in the world. You know, he's the guy who didn't go to WCW, who didn't go, he didn't try to jump ship. Um, mm-hmm. He's been there the entire time. Um, so that was really interesting stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that that entire segment was really interesting. I, preceding that, um, I thought it was actually this episode really went a long way. I think the first episode was a good sort of introduction to bringing mm-hmm. da- that and the broken skull was sort of a good introduction to starting to bring down the walls of the, of the undertaker and seeing Mark Calloway. This mm-hmm. episode humanized the shit out of him. 
Um, and they talk about how him and Michelle McCool met and got together. And it's actually a very cute story. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know that she was such a, a football prodigy. Um, but uh, they talk about a story how, like, they're uh, at one of the manias or something or they're at an event and uh, they're kicking around a football. The people are throwing around a football that Taker had brought. And, uh, you know, all these big meaty dude wrestlers are chucking these. What did he call them? Uh, 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 wounded ducks. Uh, yeah. you know, and then she proceeds to throw like a 35 year, uh, 35 yard spiral, like yeah. the perfect spiral. And that at that point, Undertaker was smitten and then he started pursuing her. They have such a great chemistry and yeah. and obvious like love for each other. That is very infectious when you see it on camera. It's it's so it's so fun to watch them together. They make a very cute couple. Yeah. Uh, and then following that story that he tells about the football, they show footage of her. I don't know what football league this is. Yeah. She was playing football. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the bit where she said, uh, you know, there, when I started wrestling, there's two people I didn't want to meet. One was Kane. Mm-hmm. The other was the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. And she said, and then they said, like, yeah, you find out one is like the nicest person. Yeah. Kane. Kane. And then Kane. she said, I married the other one. Mm-hmm. So... It was, it was those are fun little moments right there. I really mm-hmm. like that stuff. Um, so he goes through uh, his surgery, which is just a tough to watch, man. I had to look away a couple times. It was there was a comical scene of them saying, I guess there was a mix up with his with his hospital records because they didn't have all the surgeries that he'd been through. And so they're like, OK, so you've never had a surgery before. And Taker and Michelle just both start laughing. Yeah. And she's like, we're laughing because he's had like like literally head to toe. Yeah. And then he has to then try to recount his surgeries for a guy who's like putting it in. And he's like, yeah, he thought I was done, but I wasn't even halfway there. <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, so anyways, then of course his main, the actual surgeon was, uh, an undertaker fan knew who he was. He said it was like an honor to be able to work on him. I think it was a, cause he said he had the same procedure done before. And he said something like a lot has changed in like seven or nine years or something like that. So it might have been the same guy that did the previous operation. Well, I thought what Undertaker said, the seven years was Undertaker was saying, you know, he wanted verification. This guy knew what he was doing. And he was like, oh, yeah, I've been doing it for seven years. No, I thought I thought Undertaker said uh, a lot has changed or a lot has improved or something in seven years, you know. And I, I, I guess I guess it could be in general with that particular surgery. But I, uh, I guess that could be the case. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, that was that stuff was interesting. But then immediately after the surgery, like he felt like a million bucks, like he, he you know, there is footage of him walking on a crutch. He's like, man, as soon as I woke up, I felt great. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. The, there's a whole thing running throughout too, where uh, uh, Michelle would kind of passive aggressively uh, get on him about him wanting to wrestle again. Mm-hmm. And she put little jabs in there and, mm-hmm. and he'd roll his eyes yeah. um, constantly. Yeah, that was uh, good. But then stuff. when it came time to where he said, Okay, I'm gonna do it again, then she was like, All right, well, we're gonna do everything we can to make sure you're as healthy as possible and as ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh WB had a ring brought to Austin at an abandoned jet ski repair place they set up mm-hmm. in there, um, cleaned the whole place out. And then he started training. I CrossFit. thought it was really cool that we got to see the video that he sent Vince mm-hmm. saying that he was ready. I thought that because it was it's such a nerdy little thing. Um, but it was, you know, he knew that it was the kind of thing that would pop Vince. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he told uh, Michelle to start recording and he's like running the ropes. He does some bumps and he gets up into the camera or into the phone camera or whatever. 
and uh, and he tells Vince, uh, "If you need me, I'm ready," or something like that. Yeah. And he rolls his eye. He does the eye roll thing, and he sticks his tongue sticks out. His tongue out. You know, and he wasn't dying his uh, his beard, so his goatee is like just shock white. <laughs> And he looks, there is such a difference when he doesn't die. Like he dies it really, really well. Like he, it doesn't look, it doesn't look gaudy at all. Or it doesn't look really, it doesn't look like he like, you know, markered it on. He dies it very subtly. And, uh, and it does, it takes like 20 years off his face because when he goes pure gray, he looks old. Yeah. He does look cool. Yeah. He does look cool. Uh, so yeah, the second half is all about him preparing for his match at, uh, mania 34 against John Cena. Um, and by the, the way he puts it, he was expecting uh, to do much more. Um, yeah. He said, I trained for 45, and they gave me five. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think after just, his, yeah, yeah, after his match, he was not satisfied at all. Like, you could tell he was very happy that he was, like, he was over in the moon that he was able to go out there. And so, yeah, they, they do the build-up to Mania. Like, uh, at one point, he's uh, backstage at, oh, he's backstage at the Rumble. Rumble. Yeah. And Michelle McCool is the year she had that big rumble. And uh, he talks to Seth Rollins for a second. He's talking to a lot of people. And that's when he's looking at the screen and he sees AJ Styles. And he's like, that's one guy that I wish I'd cross paths with because he gets it. He's, mm-hmm. you know. He's uh, like modern day Shawn Michaels. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so I guess the idea was the, you know, Vince asked him, so you're, gonna, you're good to go. And he said, well, I'll let you know it uh, by chamber because that's mm-hmm, when they yeah. needed to, to solidify plans. He said he sent that video that you mentioned to Vince uh, during Elimination Chamber. Um, and then I guess that's what, two months in earnest, uh, he had to get to training. Mm-hmm. And he used Primo um, to help him. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of cool. And yeah, he did at the, at 34, you know, it shows him backstage and he's prepping and stuff. He looked decidedly fitter. Yeah, because uh, he said before he started training for Mania 34, he's up to like 315. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because they show him leaving Mania 33, and he does look, he looks like he's carrying an extra 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. He's, he lumbers when he walks because mm-hmm. his hip is so bad. Um, he's moving much more briskly. But I would say this, given what happened at Mania 33, having a match like he did at Mania 34, which is an extended squash match of, of arguably the greatest champion in WWE history, John Cena, uh, it was effective in terms of, oh, don't worry, WWE Universe, The Undertaker has plenty left in the tank. He came yeah. out here, yeah. renewed, destroyed John Cena, and you can expect him to be around for many more years. Now, if this is the match he was hoping to be uh, to, to, to cap it all off, his retirement, that's probably not the type of bout he wanted. But, uh, you know, in terms of shaping a narrative and seeing if it's going to come to fruition, hey, Mark, the narrative is you're going to go in there and destroy John Cena, and then the fans will think, oh, he's got plenty left in him. Maybe well, you will too, their Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, no, I wonder if <clears throat> I wonder if, you know, because he was obsessed after the match with talk whenever he talked to everybody, and it was almost as if he was like self conscious about it, like, man, I really wanted more. I trained for more, I could have done a lot more. I wonder if Vince's mind it was, well, you know, I'm not there with him every day seeing what he could do. I trust that he's gonna do what he can. But I don't want him to go out there and literally kill himself if I give him 15 minutes. Let's give him two minutes and 45 seconds instead, mm-hmm. um, which is how long the match went. I looked it up. Um, and so, uh, yeah. So, you know, but that just that just, you know, stoked the fire inside of him. He's like, man, I want more. And therein lies, you know, the the, the cycle. It continues. Um, but uh, but no, he looked great. 
I am very much looking forward to the next episode because they're going to talk about the Brothers of Destruction versus DX. I can't wait. Triple H. (laughs) Triple H! That giant smile on his face like, it couldn't have gone any worse. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I I want an hour of them just tearing that match apart. That's going to be good. They really should do all four of those guys watching the match over some beers. That would Mm -hmm. be hilarious if they did that. So that'll be interesting. Of course, we're all waiting for that horrible Goldberg match as well. That'll be a bit more sad. At least in a match with like the DX one, Misery loves company. And it's like you're dealing with, you know, uh, Triple H and HBK, two of the all-time greats in terms of in-ring stuff. Kane is no slouch. They're yeah. all, you know, veterans of 30, 25 years or whatever. Yeah. I mean, there's and, a lot of extenuating circumstances of that match. It was like the HBK's first match in like 15 years. Triple H tore his peck during the match, you know? So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'd think that they would all have a good sense of humor about it. The Goldberg one, I wonder what he's going to say about that. Oh, man. You, 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 his feelings were written all over his face as soon as that match ended. <laughs> yeah. But, but you got to wonder is he going to, what, how, is he really going to divulge what he really thinks about that situation? You know what he's I mean? Be di- he will be diplomatic. He's going to be it. diplomatic about it. He, he's going to have to be. Uh, he's not going to throw uh, Goldberg under the bus. No. Even though he probably could. Probably could. Pro- totally probably could. But, uh, yeah, we'll get there next week. That should be a blast to watch. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, no, this is this a good episode. I thought it was, uh, yeah, thought it was cool. It, it was it was it was far more revealing, as you said. It, it mm-hmm. humanized the Undertaker far more. And I think you're right. The first episode was, uh, you know, here we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna drop the artifice of the Undertaker. You're getting Mark Calloway here. Uh, we're gonna set the 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 set the ground here, and then we'll expand the scope of what we what the story we're telling in subsequent episodes. It was pretty cool to see the interaction between him and Reigns at Mania 34, where he approached yeah. Roman. And, you know, they, they have some small talk and, and, and Mark just cut right to the chase said, Hey, you know, I feel bad about what happened last year. Uh, just want to apologize. And it was, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but Roman had a look on his face that I, that I, I, I knew exactly what he was thinking. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to find the words to describe it because it was, it was surprise that undertaker, a veteran, for almost 30 years would have come to him and apologize to him. Um, uh, I don't know. There's, there was a lot going on. There it was just his first reaction when undertaker said, you know, I just want to, you know, say, I'm sorry for that. I could only this- imagine it's probably in Roman reigns, mind, you know, cause he, he was interviewed about the match and he said, you know, it's not perfect, but it's obvious that that match probably meant more to Roman than any mm-hmm. match he's ever had. And so for Undertaker to come up to him, a man who he obviously respects, respects immensely, a great deal. Yeah. And says, man, I'm sorry about last year. Roman's probably thinking to himself, why there's this guy is crazy for apologizing. Mm-hmm. Like he probably understands it. He probably understands. I know why he's feeling this way because Roman's probably thought to himself, man, I've laid my fair share of turds. Yeah. yeah. Every wrestler probably feels that way. Everybody who, you know, uh, anybody who performs, you know, you have a bad night. Right. Exactly. Uh, Witness my interview with the undisputed era. Um, He's probably thinking this was the match of my life. This guy that I look up to demands perfection of himself and he's apologizing for it 
But Roman's probably like, how do I communicate to this guy in a non-condescending way that, man, this was like the best match, like the, the best moment of my professional life. You have mm-hmm. nothing to apologize for. But if you if you say that, then that, that might come off as condescending because Undertaker or, understands or the professional. Or his emotions, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, he's a man of pride, you know. So, yeah, yeah it's a complex thing to, I, I, would, I would imagine, yeah, also, digest and try uh, to imagine, respond to. I imagine for Roman, too, you know, there's probably a great deal of respect he feels towards Undertaker for res- uh, apologize, but also feeling that respect from Undertaker, mm-hmm, yeah. you know, the locker room leader forever, for coming up to him and, and, and taking responsibility for what Undertaker viewed as a crap match. Mm-hmm, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So no, there's that, a lot going on there. A lot moment. going on. For sure. Uh, so, yeah, uh, next week we'll be back with uh, our review of episode three. Last ride. Anyways, hopefully you guys will join us as well. Uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button and uh, check out our bonus content uh, at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. You also get it access to it at twitch.tv forward slash Stephen Larson uh, with your subs and uh, uh, also uh, by becoming a YouTube channel member. Click that join button. $5 a month gets you five bonus episodes per week. Thanks for watching. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.